I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This is Mario Christian, and you're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh-huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, I bring you a conversation with my man, Mario Christian. Mario is the co-founder of No Free Coffee, which is a new cafe and coffee brand that's rooted in, in culture. Um... You know, Mario is, a, is an interesting cat. We, we met, uh, I was doing some work with Atlantic Records and, you know, I would hear just cool music coming out of his office. He was a video and content producer there. Um, he's now a creative producer at Instagram. But, you know, just seeing him in the halls, um, you know, we, we connected over a love of music of uh streetwear sneakers you know all that stuff and um one day you know i followed him on instagram and i started seeing images pop up for this thing no free coffee i didn't know what it was but you know started following that and it turns out he's building this whole thing he's got a a a group of friends that have formed a collective and and they're just out there doing it um i love you know his approach and and we get into his uh is you know his learn by doing way of going about it um he tells some great stories about how he immersed himself in filmmaking to to learn the business and you know working with uh with people at the top of the game like tyler perry and and he's kind of taking the same approach to the coffee business he's he's taking what he knows about storytelling and content and he's going and immersing himself in a whole new world and learning all about it so some great lessons that we can all use i'm sure Whatever our get down is, uh, let's get into it with Mario Christian. Stillness is a it's a myth to some extent. Yeah. Or it's a feeling. You know. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's not the reality of like yeah, what's happening. Stillness is just a metaphor, so you can stay sane. When shit is getting sh- shaken up, oh, that's deep. See, you you got deep already <laughs> in the first minute. <laughs> I like on, it, man. man. You, know, you know, my Joe Rogan shit. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> uh, I like it, man. Well, you know, look, uh, I'm excited to have this conversation with you on the show. You know, I know we we uh, what's what's it been about three years uh, since we met and you know through atlantic apg and definitely yeah. like uh many 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 good creative conversations along the way and so it's, it's exciting to do it on camera yeah i mean hey i didn't prepare for this so <laughs> no that's all the better man that's that's uh 
we just take it as it comes, you know. For sure. Um, How long have you been doing this? Like this is like, uh, like we're six, coming up six, on five years? and a half years. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's about crazy. Five and a half years, two hundred something episodes, and uh, you know, it's all it's like just talking to people who's who are doing interesting shit. Yeah. And try to you know. Maybe there's some lessons. Maybe there's some, uh, you know, people get inspired. You never know. Like, just yeah. And to me, that's what's interesting is you don't you don't know what's going to come out of it. But there's always something. For sure. For sure. And, and how many um, how many viewers do you do you get on this thing? Who who am I talking to right now? It's a <laughs> million people. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's look. I didn't. I don't do this for the audience. No offense to everybody listening, but I do it. Frankly, I do it for me. I do it because I like mm -hmm. having these conversations and, and, you know, like, you know, you're somebody that, uh, that, you know, I, I connected with just passing through in the hallways and whether it was like noticing the, the shoes or, you know, the music coming out of your office or whatever, you know, you have those experiences where you're like, Oh, that's, that's yeah. somebody I click with. For and, sure. um, and now, you know, uh, and now you jumped off into some entrepreneurial stuff that, that I want to talk about. And I know we share a love of coffee and many things, art and all of that. So, um, love that. it's like, you know, to me, that's why I do this. Whoever wants to listen, listens, you know, we, we get some pretty good, you know, pretty decent audiences. Uh, cause I think this stuff we talk about is relevant and, yeah. we, you know, and I, and I get notes from people around the world who discovered the show that I'm surprised. That's fine. You know, yeah, it's funny. Every time, you know, it's been almost six years, like I said, every time I meet somebody who's like, oh, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, what? Some, still, you know, I'm like, oh, somebody actually listens? That's cool. Yeah, um, no, no. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I want to hear about what you're doing, but I think that it's the same, you know, if I had to guess, it's the same thing. Like you're doing, you're doing stuff that interests you and not necessarily because there's a market for it, even though I'm sure there is a market for it, but it's also like <coughs> creating just to create. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, especially at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm realizing that's like the dopest shit that we like as like consumers or just like people that are fans of things is that the people that are doing tight stuff are like people that are just doing what they want to do. Or yeah. what their passion is about, you know? So I'm passionate about coffee. I was like, wow, that's something like, you know, I could yeah. probably do and enjoy doing. And if, you know, we make a bunch of money doing it, that's amazing. But if we just do it and like the company is successful and that's it, that's also amazing too, you know? It's like, yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard that, uh, I've heard quotes of people say, like, you know, it, be willing to fail at, it's be willing to do something even if you're going to fail at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, uh, cause you, you know, cause you might fail. Right. So you might as well enjoy it no matter what. You can't just be so attached to the success of something. 1000%. 1000%. I was going to use another quote where people are like, would you die? For, would you, would you die for it? <laughs> you okay. know, people are like, would you, would you die for that? Like, do you love it that much that you would die for it? I don't think I would die for it. But I would die like still doing, still doing it. So sure, maybe sure, you know sure. we could tweak it, yeah, <laughs> tweak it a little bit for that. But um, nice. there's a couple things that I would do and die doing. Like you know, like coffee is dope. I'm just like um, the origin of it. Start have started in Africa and like even like little fun facts that like you know um, the Soviet Union, like Hitler and them, were like poisoning them, themselves slowly because they weren't like extracting the coffee properly. Is they didn't right? know coffee science then. So there was oh, so wow. much like carbon dioxide still in the coffee from roasting it and they were drink consuming it too fast and not like, you know, roasting it properly that they were actually slowly poisoning themselves. Like Oh, that's crazy. It's <laughs> like crazy I shit no like idea. that. You know what I mean? Wow. And just um the swag of it, the storytelling of it, because it's still an art of storytelling in like um this is why you should drink our coffee. Or like, mm -hmm. you know, for the same reason why I like uh Minotti's coffee. You know, because they're all championship world baristas or like sure, for the same sure. reason why like, you know, any other coffee shop is doing dope shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, let's get into all of that. I want to um, I want to I start at the beginning uh, and kind of go through a little bit of your journey, if that's cool. So, um, yeah, for sure. 
Take me back to the very beginning. Do you, do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? 1000%. It was um, Ju- Juvenile G-Code. And okay. I got it at the um, State Fair. And it was obviously like bootlegged because there was like bootleg vendors there. And I didn't realize I was so young. I'm a rapper, but I'm still a gorilla. You understand? I'll whip it like a gorilla manila. You understand? Y'all gonna make me have to come get with you. You understand? I'm gonna be here for a minute, look what it is. You understand? And ain't nobody let nobody mess with me. Um, I wasn't supposed to be listening to that to that album. <laughs> right. And I was so young that I didn't understand the concept that like this was a fake CD, like like a burnt copy of the real CD. So when I got home and I opened it up, because they still like printed the the album work, you know, on the front. So it's not a cover, even though like looking back at it, I was like very like it was just like shitty. Like it was like you know printed out of a printer, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the CD was blank. It was like no artwork on the CD. And I was like, damn, it doesn't oh, work. It funny. got me. I put it in and started playing, and I was like, "Oh, it does work. Oh, it does like you know." But um, yeah, that was the first one. We come home after school and listen to Juvenile, new videos. I mean, that's crazy. The uh, you know, that bootleg culture. That's you know, obviously it's all different now, but um, but yeah, I remember going by bootleg CDs. Uh, that was a whole thing. Yeah, and then when I got older, there were like bootleg stores. Like, Is that right? You know. Yeah, like drama and all these, you know, mixtape DJs like would send their like CDs like to like surrounding cities, whether it be like Memphis, Nashville, like anywhere in the South, like mm-hmm. that you could find like you know, an athlete's foot or like a Foot Locker, like in the hood or something. And usually next to it, it'd be like a burnt like a like a mixtape store, which would be oh, wow. amazing. That's you crazy. could find like I remember like DJ Burn one was like going crazy at the time. Yeah, so many mixtapes and uh, man, it's a whole like world, like a whole documentary you could do on that. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, um, okay, and so your uh so your job is is uh is production, right? You're your creative producer sorry, creative producer at Instagram. Um yeah. and uh and like I said, when we met you were doing I know you know, I know you've worked for Fader, for Complex um making content so how did how'd you get started with the camera i was in college the university of memphis um i kind of started a clothing line that was like you know it was based on pictures that i would take of graffiti around the city and then i would just oh, like cool. put it on like a hoodie or like what was that put it on a t-shirt it's called black and white by mario christian okay because <laughs> all the photos were black and white okay and then you know at, at and like, you know, in, in doing it, I was like, damn, like, if I want this to be good, like, the photos have to be, you know, great. So I was like, wow, I got to get into photography. And my granddad, like, is a photographer and an architect. So he would always, like, you know, just talk to me about it or send me a camera or something like that, you know. So I started talking to him about it more and just kind of YouTube and shit. Um, from there, I got into, like, wow, like, you can get into, like, directing videos with this camera, like, in videos and stuff, you know, just getting mm-hmm. into that world. Um and that's when I started watching just like, you know, it, well, not that's not when I started watching, but in my dorm, I would see like, you know, MTV Jams and at the time, like Currency and like Big Crit, um, Big Sean um, and all these like J. Cole, all these rappers were starting to bubble while they included like they were all starting to just make content. And, you know, people like Motion Family and people like um, Kuti and Chike from Creative Control were starting to use like 5Ds to make these videos that you didn't need like $20,000 or like $30,000 budgets to do. Um, <clears throat> so that was like, just like that whole wave of like, wow, like everyone has a video, like videos are going crazy again. And YouTube obviously was like, you know, a place that you could grow as an artist in like fast. Um, so in doing that, I would like, okay, I'm in my dorm, I'm watching these videos. I'm like, well, who's directing these? I'm starting to see the same names over and over and over. Motion Family, the Cater Dan, um, creative control all all these people and then one day i'm just like wow i should just like hit them and be like yo you know can i come intern or something like mm. you know so I, I find all of their contacts i hit them all no one hits me back but um motion family like they just pick up the phone they had their only person that had their phone number there and i like <laughs> call the number <laughs> okay i'm like yo um and, like dave picks up he's like yo what's going on I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, you know, my name is Mario. I'm a student at the University of Memphis. Um, I'm going to come to Atlanta this summer. Can I, like, intern over the summer while you guys are working on videos? Like, can I, you know, just whatever. He was like, yeah, for sure. Just hit me when you get here. Like, super 
chill. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. Like, so I get there. And someone's like, we, too easy. Yo, it's too easy. So I get there. And, and at, obviously at this time, I'm catching them. Like, they're young. They're doing big videos, but they're like young. They're like 26, 27, okay. maybe 28 at the oldest. So they're like naive enough to pick up the phone and say, hey, come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I get there. Um, and, you know, they just kind of put me to work. I started working on my first video was um, this video, um, Lecrae featuring No Malice. And he was No Malice. That's my first time having seen him like being like a gospel rapper. And I was like, oh shit, like he's a gospel rapper now. This is crazy. But I was just like still, you know, obviously in audio it was like knowledge from the clips. So that was really dope. And the video was like very running gun. We're shooting on five Ds. Um, they had like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that looking back, I'm sure they had like some of the budget because we're like in a really dope location. Um, and we stayed until like five in the morning. I remember like other PAs like having to leave because they had to like go to work. I had to go to work the next day too. I was working at Papa Do's at the same time. Okay. And I was just like, not. Nah. I was like, nah, I'm gonna stay. They were like, you sure? Like you gotta be at work in like two hours. I was like, nah, like I really want to be here. And I remember when I got there and I met all the directors um, and I was just like, yo, it's a privilege. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and they were just like, oh, for real? Like, yeah, I like that. I like that. So I just hung around, man. And then eventually they, you know, would call me back for more videos and stuff. Um, and I would just like skip work to go work on videos. And they started paying me. Um, and then I was like, man, I just want to be around. Mm-hmm. So after the shoot, they would always go to this bar, like the Albert. It was called the Albert. It was like basically like where everyone knows your name. <laughs> so I was just like, yo, I'm going to come to the Albert. And I would just hang around though and just like yeah. not say nothing. Because I was like, yo, if I don't say anything stupid, like they just let me hang around. <laughs> I just wanted to be there, you know, and just soak That's up funny. everything. So sometimes I would just stay, just come over and just watch them edit. Like, you know, I'm watching like my boy Dave, like just edit for hours, like going crazy on videos. I'm like, man, this is dope. Like I want to do this. And that's kind of where it started. That's cool. It's funny you say that. Like, you know, I think there's a, uh, that's definitely how I grew up is like, you know, sometimes you got to keep your mouth shut, stay out of trouble or, or, or don't, you know, if you don't know, you know, if you don't, if you don't know the scene and the people, you know, you err on the side of not saying anything. And uh, that seems to be a lost, that seems to be lost in today's society, right? With, social media, you know, clubhouse, which, which I want to talk about, but like, you know, everybody's, everybody has a microphone and feels entitled to use it. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head with like just social media, and especially young kids, like because of that era that you could like, you know, just get like easily access cameras. Then like those kids like that once had to like, you know, rely on like OGs or like people who did it before them mm-hmm. kind of, you know, just it's like, you know, they even created a whole style of editing. That's like the kids like fuck with now. And it's like, is that right? Rock stars in their own sense. Yeah. You know, it's just like that fast, like, you know, mm-hmm. real lots of like, um, lots of like masking, like, you know, we go into the cup and then we go out of the cup and then mm-hmm. now we're in your mm-hmm. eye. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and those kids that like created that, like, they don't feel the need to, you know, have to like um, work under someone or like, you know, soak sure. up game from like people that came before them. So, yeah, it's just different now. Yeah. I mean, what do you bring to these young creatives? Obviously, you have this experience, even though you're, you know, you're still a young guy, uh, but you also have that. I mean, that's, that's a little bit of old school approach, right? That you went and kind of apprenticed and interned for the guys before you and learned you know, uh, you paid your dues and you learned on the job. Right. And yeah. so, you know, I'm wondering kind of what, what, what do you bring to the young cats that, that are coming up in the game today, uh, and kind of balance how the new way they do things with, with how you, you came up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's definitely like, you know, like when I was a PA, I like wanted to know what everyone did on set. You know what I mean? So I think, just and and I did it too. I'd be like, oh, let me help you out with it, or mm-hmm. or I'll do that. I'll grab that. What's this call? You know what I mean. So like, if I would, you know, if I'm in like a situation where I need to direct something, or like even at work, 
if I'm like, all right, we should do it like this because, you know, I know how much time and energy the graphic designer is going to put into this. And this is probably going to be his response if we say, you know, we, we, we want you to do this and this and that. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like just the quality control in the sense of like um, knowing everyone's position in production and being able to like assist them in a sense mm-hmm. and be like um, have some type of uh, have like a lot of empathy to like what they're doing. For example, like uh, whether we're working with um, a production company and they're trying to overcharge us or like pad the budget or, you know what I mean? So it's like, Hey, like I know you don't need two producers on a zoom shoot. We're doing, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we're all at home, bro. Like I get it. Like, you know, you're trying to make money. That's, you know, the ins and outs of production is crazy. Sure. And, you know, in the real world, that would have flown. But, like, you know, so just almost like just being that, you know, just been that fly on the wall to be able to kind of help, you know, shit. Yeah. 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 So was there was there a moment then when you you realized or decided that this was going to be your career? Production? Yeah. Yes. When I was working at a, a grocery store um, in Atlanta, Georgia. And I had a really cool boss and he would let me like go in like PA and stuff. And then this, the last job, you know, like I, I went to him one time. I was like, yo, I would have got this cool opportunity to intern or no, I'm sorry, to interview at Tyler Perry. And he was like, oh, that's incredible. Like you should go do that. And I knew when I got that job and I, and I was working, I was like, wow, I can't like go back to like working at a grocery store. No offense to like people that do that. Like if I got to do that, I'll, I'll go do that for sure. Sure. But just in a sense where, like, this is my new career path and each and every job after this, I want to work in production, you know? Um, and that was, like, kind of the turning point. What'd you learn? Obviously, Tyler is a master of what he does. For sure. Uh, what'd you learn from that experience? Oh, man, I learned how, like, real production worked. Like, how, um, you know, you can say what you want about Tyler Perry's work, like, that is the same or he has, like, a formula, which are all, like, keys to success like you know what i mean and obviously he's successful but i just learned like um you know like the time and energy it just goes into production like we'd be on set for 14 hours sometimes and it was like yo like they'll spend so much time setting up the lights and then from that i was like oh yeah you should spend a lot of time setting up the lights that's how you get the the best picture in what you're doing you know Mm -hmm. um so just really like quality like how to like you know set up things and like take things to that next level in terms of quality i also learned that the shit like costs money <laughs> like you need money to do what you want to do and how you want to do it you know um and just also that there's no rules like because what he's doing is no rules we'll be working on delivering you know uh delivering scripts to actors around like you know atlanta like we're driving scripts around the city to different actors before they get the set or even after set and then the next day he just like cut half the page and he's like all right we're only gonna do these 10 pages and he made some out of that you know just kind of pivoting on the spot Mm-hmm. So there's no rules to to any of this, you know. That's big. So so you know, thinking of that, and now that you have your own style, is there? Do you have a formula? In terms of like photography and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I learned I learned from this guy named Dewong Valdez, who's like a, a director photographer, and he's part of Motion Family. And when I say, like, they taught me everything, like, they legit taught me, like, you're not supposed to do that. You should do it like this. They went to art school, and they were fresh out of it. Like, they went to SCAD. So mm-hmm. they were just teaching me, passing down things that they just learned in art school, which was, like, the proper way of doing things. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, like, photography, I just approach everything, like, from a classic standpoint. Like, will this look dope, like, 10 years from now? Or, like, you know, storytelling within the photos. Like, I learned that from Dewan. And he, you know... <laughs> in turn learned that from like Jonathan Mann, who was like one of his idols. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like just now I'm like, oh damn, well let me study Jonathan Mann. Like how why is his work stand out so dope like so much? And why is he so dope? And it was just like, you know, finding the the true moments within artists and, you know, capturing that. Um so I mean I think it's just, yeah, it's just that that classic nostalgic kind of a feel and approach. Obviously I wish I was around to have photographed DMX in a pool of blood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Um, has, has there been a, a a favorite shoot over the years? Is there you know stuff you look back on that that you know you're you're happiest with? Um, my work or like just having yeah, a part or something. 
Um, I got the shoot Meek Mill like in 2017 or something like that. And um, it was his press photos. And he, it was right before he went to jail. And I think he knew he was going to jail. And like, no one knew. I think he just, he knew it. Because mm. um, his energy was just like amazing. Like it was just on high. And, you know, he was just super great to be around. The photos came out great. It was like one of my first like really like major shoots where like, you know, I had like a, you know, a light tech, like someone actually just focused on the lighting. And I was like, yo, I want it like this. I want to do it like this. And he came in and he was like, yo, I choose, I chose you, Mario Christian. Like he was like, yo, I chose you. I chose you to do this. And I was like, nice. man, that's dope. That's really cool. So, so what does that do for you when, when you hear that or when, when, either when you when you hear that or when it comes out and your name's all over it, like, what what, what does that do internally and externally? I mean, internally, it's like you know, just this confidence. Like, man, like, yeah, like I'm doing the right thing. He likes it. It's it's different. You know, he thought it was different enough that he wanted to go with me. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just trust. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, I I can now trust the work, um, and trust that the work I'm doing is quality. You know. If you're enjoying this one, uh, Mario is not our first food entrepreneur who's heavily influenced by hip hop. Early on, we had Roy Choi, the founder of the Kogi Truck, um, man who changed the food world forever, brought food trucks into every corner of the world. Um, he, he had a great, great, some great stories to share about how he was building that brand. He came on with my man, Adam Weissman, who is a designer at Stussy, now has the brand Real Bad Man. If you're into obscure uh, streetwear brands, check out Real Bad Man. He's doing really cool things with that. But anyway, go back into Rebel Radio archives. Check out Roy Choi and Adam Weissman from, I think, our first year on the air. Um, So you, you talk about the kind of timelessness, right? And there's like you know, there's album covers or, or those photos that, you know, become part of our culture. We remember them forever. Um, same with, with music videos, I think. Uh, and so now you work in a medium that's, that's very momentary. Um, right. We're constantly, I mean, we all do, right. We're constantly scrolling, swiping, uh, you know, if, you know, think things are measured by their immediate impact, not necessarily by their lasting impression. And so yeah. I wonder how do you how do you balance those things? Um or or how do you think about the art that you create in the context of these new channels? Mm. So I mean everything has like a look and feel, right? Everything has like a, a voice. Um the particular work I'm doing now with like working with creators and influencers and stuff like that and helping scale education to um, that audience. It's just like, you know, like I'm, I'm tapped into my phone just like everyone else. So, um, I mean, you know, I just dive into that world, like into just in terms of that, of, of that look and feel, but also trying to make it feel, you know, transparent. Like we're not, for example, like just in the work we're doing, just making sure it's not like, you know, there's still something real about it mm-hmm. versus like, you know, it being so um, so buttoned up for the type of stuff that we're doing, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it does. And, and it's also funny, though, that like, you know, when you, make, when you were making music videos, um, there was no worry about like, is this, you know, is, is this image that we're portraying, is it real? You know, is it is mm-hmm. is this the way the artist is actually living on a daily basis, right? And mm-hmm. I think you know we've come to understand that the cars are rented, the mansions are rented, the models are rented, you know. And, but we're making a film, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it, like that maybe took a minute, I think, especially for for hip hop to come to terms with. Um, but these are movies, right? They're three four minute films. Yeah. that are meant to entertain and tell a story and they're not supposed to be documentaries. Um, and then now we've forgotten that again, you know, on these social channels that, uh, that there's film, there's sets and, and, you know, hair and makeup and 
models and and all of that right and For sure. uh, and we you know i think we we keep wanting with each new medium like we keep wanting it to be uh real life but but it isn't and, and i'm not even really sure that it's supposed to be um <laughs> yeah but we you know our society culture has it has a tough time with that sometimes yeah i mean you know that's part of like why you like something like i didn't realize music videos were just movies until like you know i was old enough and i was like oh i was like why how are they getting it to rain <laughs> on the day they want to shoot every time it's right. special video. <laughs> that's hilarious and i was like oh, okay and i get to sit and like like wet the wet, wet the ground down wet it down like, oh, <laughs> <wetting> the ground because <laughs> they want that look i was like wow okay got it check yeah that's no so it's a uh it's a funny thing it's a crazy thing but now more than ever like people can look into the world of like artists they'll show you the set they'll show you that they're on green screen and it's not real you know yeah like everyone kind of people know about photoshop now everyone's like oh that's photoshopped or like you know mm -hmm. that's da da so it's like man that barrier of like everyone kind of knowing like it's real like even people like like consumers and like fans knowing about their favorite rapper's contract like that was never it sure 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 do you think it hurts the storytelling? Yeah, I think um, I think it does a little bit, but then also I think it makes the makes the experience like even more in depth for someone that they can like go on. Like you know, there's there's been like pieces of content where it was like, "Yo, we're gonna show you the whole twenty four hours of the video today, or the whole twelve mm -hmm. hours." Mm -hmm. And you get to see it, and it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, like it, it all, that almost started with like um, world premiere, like on on BET, where they would show you the behind the scenes of the video. Right. And you're like, oh, that's how you did that. Pretty cool. So I don't, I don't think it hurts the storytelling. I think it's, um, if anything, I think it actually brings in like the audience a little closer to what's going on, kind of even letting them in on on the, um, letting them in on on the joke. I remember even like watching me and my wife were just watching the. Uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, uh, we about to watch it tomorrow. Oh, okay, I won't spoil it for you then. But I'll, I'll say this: there was a part about um, all of the times that they broke the fourth wall in the show. Yeah, and how they felt like that made the audience part of the joke and not for like sure. you know. So you know, I think it's something to that. I definitely think it is, and I, I think you know uh, while you're talking, I'm thinking about like the Will Ferrell movies and all those where they, where they have at the end after the credits they have some bloopers or some, you know, stunts they tried and didn't work or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think that makes you like it more actually. Uh, and then, and then, you know, cut to, you know, what we're talking about in social media, people trying to maybe pretend like their, their made up story is, is real or is, is un, uh, you know, unedited or un, um, enhanced. And I think, you know, that isn't, it's like I say, it's, those are like all mind games that we play with ourselves and each other. And, yeah. and it's probably not even necessary. 1000%. <laughs> Funny. So let's talk about coffee. So I know you got this, this startup uh, venture, uh, no free coffee. Mm -hmm. yep. And I remember, you know, I follow you on Instagram and one day I start seeing these, these posts, uh, you know, a little bit mysterious, but like, you know, uh, either celebrities or, or just interesting people with a cup of coffee. And then, you know, little by little, I, I kind of start seeing the story come together, not necessarily knowing what it is, but, uh, yeah. and then, and then I know you guys just launched, uh, last month. Um, so tell me about what is no free coffee? Where'd the idea come from? What, what's it all about? Yeah, for sure. It's like like the name and the stuff is just like, you know, valuing someone's time and like just energy. Like, you know, you'll often like somebody be like, yo, can I take you out for coffee and like pick your brain? And just like, ah, like, you know, like I'll I'll pay for my coffee. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know, there's this That's book funny. my boy was my boy was reading this book and he was like, um, you never let someone pay for your meal or your coffee or something. Like it was like the art of war or something. And it was just like, once they do that, then 
now now you owe them something now you owe them like an answer to that you know or helping them out with this or whatever it is but it's just like you know often you know people try to just use your time and do it within the context of like hey let's go grab a coffee so that's kind of where the name came from um also you could kind of make it what you want it to be as well but just inspired from like you know going to japan me and my wife had went a couple of times and we would go to like you know just go there and just you know first of all the coffee shops there are really dope because they're mm-hmm. just they're tight but it was just like this idea of like going somewhere no one knows you and starting a coffee shop and starting over in life and just like leaving behind music business stuff leaving behind like you know filming artists and just being regular like not that we're not regular people but like just doing something that like is an everyday job you know what i mean um and then i was like just getting into that more and more and just getting into coffee more and more i was like damn this would be really be dope to just do it now you know what i mean and just do it like in a pop-up form so we actually started working on this this idea like a year and a half ago and we were going to do a pop-up towards the end of last year and then COVID happened and we were like oh probably shouldn't do anything right now so you know just get kind of the time to work on um the idea more develop it a little more and then also start storytelling through like you know like why is this going to be dope why should you have coffee here um which is like i think the biggest part of any coffee shop is like why why did you start a coffee shop what does this mean to you and you know because there's a bunch of dope like really minimalistic shops that like you know have okay coffee but then like you don't know where, where where did it come from like you know what i mean it's not really like you know something that like drags you in or, or like keeps you there um so what i wanted to do was just bring people that were just like-minded together um like whether it be like you know graphic designers editors photographers um people that rap people that sing uh clothing line owners fashionistas or whatever and just bring them all into one space under like coffee and just like yo here, here you go. Like, you know, that's just all like link. Um, I remember going to Union one time for an event and just seeing all my favorite people there. And everyone was there. It was like Anwar. It was like my boy. The space to just congregate all the time. Um, and that's kind of where the idea came from. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think coffee is a, it's become a, you know, it's a tool for a community. Right? Yeah. For, for bringing people together. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in, in it's not it's not really about the liquid, although liquid's important, but of course, but there's so much more to it than that. Um, how uh, so so? Tell me tell me a little bit about the the plan. Like I saw it, you know. Like I said, I I kind of saw it first on Instagram. Um, I know you've been hosting chats on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I know there's, um, <clears throat> there's. I saw you guys have an Apple Music playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, what does it look like to build this brand? You know, the next year or two. What, what are you, what are you envisioning that how that how that happens? For sure. Well, we have we we have an amazing partner, Counterculture Coffee, um, who you know, sources the beans, roasts the beans, gets them to us, you know, anything we're looking for, whether it be single origin, like they can, they can provide and they have just quality stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely still kind of like building that relationship with them um, while continuously doing pop-ups. Um, and they've been so gracious to allow us to, you know, use their space for the time being, you know, just to build up, build a buzz and, you know, just kind of hone in on what the brand is and what it means. But, you know, so definitely continue to doing pop-ups, hopefully, like, just depending on what's happening in the world with um, what we're dealing with. Yeah. And, um, you know, also just, like, dropping, like, fire, like, merch, too, because it's, like, you know, I always wanted to, like, have, like, a brand where I was, like, yo, this is, like, you know, this is my, um, you know, palace. This is me. This is my brand. Whatever. But now it's just, like, wow, like, I've never seen, like, a dope, like, coffee shop have, like, a, I don't want to call it, like, a streetwear brand, but, like, you know in a sense like that's what we're trying to do like we're saying like yo this is a fire hoodie whether you like coffee or not or like you know sure. whether this is a coffee company or not like you would wear this so building the merch up and really just ha- like honing in on that but then also just find out finding interesting ways to connect other communities at our pop-ups too like the first one we had comedians and it was just like you know like i love comedians like i wish i could do you know stand up like jerry or like you know Chappelle, and 
you know, to kind of just like build that community with like people who are actually doing that. Cause I respect it so much too. It's like a really like, you know, noble craft, like to be a comedian and like start from the ground up and like, you know, get your shit together. That way is just really dope. So working on that um, and just continuously like, you know, experimenting with coffee, like, you know what I mean? Just trying to like break out of like unconventional ways of enjoying it. Like, you know, we started doing like cold brew sodas, Mm-hmm. which is like really interesting you should you should pop by the crib or i could i could bring you one whenever we could we can link up and just try it but then i've been doing that at the last two pop-ups um and people love it like it's everyone's favorite drink people aren't even a- asking for pullovers they're just like yo let me get that i'm like nice cool like you know i wasn't gonna cool. make any hot beverages uh at the last two pop-ups which is crazy wow. um but you know i just think it's interesting um to just kind of experiment with it going back to like there's no rules in in any of this so so how do you, how do you, um, uh, so, you know, you, you know how to make content. You're an expert at that. Now you're going into something where there's a lot that you don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, and so how do you balance, you know, I, I've struggled with this. I know lots of friends that, you know, you step outside your comfort zone and it's like all of a sudden, you know, like I said, there's no rules, which in some ways is great. And in some ways, it's like, well, uh, you know, I'm always like, I don't want to go learn something the hard way that somebody else has already figured out. And I'm going to go, you know, step in the same pothole that somebody else has already learned to sidestep, right? For um, sure. So how have you, you know, how have you thought about that, about the pieces that you don't know and where you don't mm-hmm. have expertise? Absolutely. So the same way I went into film is kind of like, a similar way I'm going about doing this. Um, just so happens that I'm just building the brand simultaneously. So like the brand is taking off a little more than like, um, I guess like, you know, our, like our mind has grown like in terms of like the education for coffee. Sure. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely like uh, in training to like become an actual barista. Um, I know enough to wet we're serving, which is kind of like, you know, if you follow the story long enough, you may follow us to where we're serving you lattes, you know, and doing latte art. <laughs> mm-hmm. You would be like, damn, I remember when they only did pullovers on like cold brew soda. So it's just kind of like, we're just telling the story like right in front of you, like honestly, yeah. and like showing you like, oh, like this week we're, we're doing this, you know? Um, but, you know, it's also like just tapping into the community of coffee. Like when I started learning about like who was who, I started touching those people and going kind of going into like which which we were talking about with the clubhouse shit. Like we started like a um or like a weekly kind of a show where it was just like um sh- tell us how you started a coffee shop and we like you know interview someone has done it before us oh, cool. and that can like tell us like you know wow we you know that's a good question you're gonna have to deal with contractors if you want a brick and mortar and you may have to go through three or different four different contractors. And you may spend like $30,000 on some shit and then you may tear it down because they did it wrong or like the plan didn't go properly or you didn't get the permit that you needed for something. So it's like, you know, hearing these stories, like we're legit learning just like the audience is about like how to, you know, go about the route of doing it. And it's very transparent. Like we're like, yo, show us how to do it. We want to do it too. Um, But, you know, connecting with those shops and like uplifting like those shops is just like, that's what our brand is about. It's like, you know, I love no free coffee. Like I think we made great pourers and great cold brew soda. Community of, of shops and like different um, coffee professionals in in the community that are doing like dope shit and like telling their stories too is like what what it's kind of all about. Because at, at at the end of the day, it's just about good taste. Like you know, we want to show you what our taste is. Like this is what we like, um, and this is why we like it. So that's why you know you may see like coffee on the page, but you may also see like a dope like just minimalistic living room somewhere in japan <laughs> that some like dope architect did you know so i think sure. it's all like just hand in hand same with natural wines okay love it yeah i mean you know first of all you you know you said something really interesting that um you know people are willing to share their knowledge right and, and i think you know it's tempting to kind of think about you know well, these are competitors or I'm a competitor to them. Why are they going to tell me their secrets? Yeah. And, you know, but you showed it, you know, you did that in, in, in film in music video, right. You know, you were essentially, you know, becoming a competitor to, to those guys. 
yeah. but they helped you, right? And, and that's been my experience, you know, my whole career is that, you know, if you approach people honestly and, and you know, like mo- most people are not afraid of competition in that way, yeah, right? They're willing, I think most people want to pass on their knowledge. And especially if you do something that you're passionate about, right? Like you don't really care right. if somebody else is doing it. You just want to do you. And, uh, and, and to me, that's always a big part of, of, you know, success is just being willing to ask questions. 1000%. And it's just like, you know, you know, you can't have all the, the coffee drinkers in the world <laughs> come to your sure. shop. Like people are going to go to other shops and, you know, I don't go to the same place every day. You, you will have your core audience, everyone, but you, you know, everyone has their core community. And that's right. the beauty, the beauty in it that like, you know, we already have a community here in LA that we built like just through professional relationships or mm-hmm. personal ones. And those are the people that are going to come and drink coffee with us, you know, and they may or may not tell their friends to expand it. So we just hope for the best, but you know, no competition. We're not beefing with coffee shops. Um, not yet. Is there uh so is there like a big vision for where where you're trying to take this? Or do you do you know what that is yet? Yeah, no, I think eventually we wanna like, you know, do pop ups like all over the nation. It, eventually like all over the world. Um, and just collab with brands, like mm-hmm. not even necessarily like other coffee brands, but like other just like, you know, lifestyle brands and other um whether it be like community leaders or projects that we can like you know be there to provide coffee or just be that um just like bring the energy that we bring to like certain places you know um and ultimately like you know i think if we keep doing what we're doing people would you know entertain like yo why don't you guys get a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. you know but i think you know i think we're just taking it one kind of one day at a time and just kind of figuring out the pieces to the puzzle but i think this could be really big i think you know there's a there's opportunity to you know, have even like a podcast portion of it where like, you know, we're interviewing coffee professionals sure. and, you know, throwing it up online and just creating content, but really just, um, just almost just, you know, just keep doing what we're doing. Tell continue to tell the story. Yeah. I love it, man. I love, uh, you know, the way that, like you said, it's, it's about the story and it's about the lifestyle and, um, you know, I don't, I don't need to see, not to shit on anybody's approach, right? But, you know, seeing, <clears throat> after a while, you've seen enough fields and, and beans. And, <laughs> l- like, you know, I think that's, um, you know, it's true in everything, right? That most most creators, they want to talk about the quality of their product mm-hmm. and because they're proud of it and they they believe in it and they've, they've invested, you know, time and money and, and heart and sweat into making the product that they're proud of. And that's cool. But at the same time, like we don't necessarily care. We don't, we definitely don't care as much as they do. Right. Right. And so if, if all you show me is where you got your beans from or, you know, or whatever the, the, you know, how fast your processor is in your phone, right? Like we don't really care. We care about, you know, what, what does this do for me? And does it fit my lifestyle? And can, you know, can I see myself engaging with this brand? 1000%. There's a really dope shop named Sachi in Culver city. And it's a Japanese mom and daughter and they sell plants. Mm. Like they sell plants in their coffee shop where you could buy plants. Like they have plants everywhere. Dope. And then they you know, they sell records, like old records. They do that really well. And then the mom does like soba noodles Thursday mm. through Sunday, which is like oh, wow. super interesting. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. oh, and they sell denim. <laughs> like they is have right? denim, like which is really good denim that you can buy and like dope, like t-shirts and stuff. And it's just like, you know, that's their story. Like they just, they just do what they do and it's tight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I think you, you buy into the people, right? Yeah. F- first definitely. and foremost. And then yep. you like what they make. Absolutely. Well, that's cool, man. I'm I'm excited. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm you know I was excited to see it come to life, and uh, and I know you've been working on it for a while, and I know it's gonna it's gonna continue to evolve and and be something great. I appreciate that, man. Thank um, you. I want to get to a lightning round before I um, let you get on with your life. 
for sure. Um, so the lightning rounds. I'm the assuming these are questions that should be answered really fast. <laughs> you could, you know, we'll we'll just cut out the blank spots. You can take your time. Gotcha. Uh, but it's just whatever comes to mind. I don't. I'm not sure why we call it a lightning round. Um, okay, what's your favorite city to travel to? Mm, Japan. Who's Tokyo. your favorite? Tokyo. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. There. Have you have you traveled outside of Tokyo in Japan? I haven't. And my wife hates that. Is that right? Yeah, she's like, let's go to Kyoto. Let's go to. She actually wants to go to different places. Yeah, we we went to I went we went to Kyoto once for a couple of days. It was amazing. I've been dying to go, you know, around the country, Osaka. Mm-hmm. I've heard amazing things. Yeah. Uh I think there's much more to it, but you know, Tokyo is such an incredible place that you just want to keep going back. Yeah. Um who's your favorite DJ? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh DJ Genesis in Atlanta. Okay. What's the last great book you read? Oh, the way to the way of the superior man. Yeah, that's good. That's oh, good. You read that? Yeah, yeah, I got that on it's the crazy, shelf right? right here. That's good. Yeah, it's good book. It's like one of those you got to read every year. Uh huh. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what movie have you seen the most in your life? Friday. Okay. That's fun. That's not. That's not one of those waste of time movies. No, it's you know it's something that comes on every. As a kid, you're like, let's watch Friday. Let's watch sure. it again. Nice. Let's watch it again. <laughs> um, who's somebody that you haven't met that you've learned the most from? That I haven't met that I've learned the most from. Mm. Joe Rogan. Okay. Yeah. Right. He's, got, he's, he's got me tapped in. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, tapped into into some some other shit. Nice. Okay, last one. If I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? This is going to be fire. (laughs) That's good, man. That's good energy. Yeah. You know? No matter what. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. Well, dude, thank you for doing this, man. I'm excited. uh, Thanks for having me, man. See what Uh, comes next. I appreciate it. This is dope. And, yeah, um, well, everybody listening should follow No Free Coffee. Um, definitely on Instagram. You. I don't know where else is the best place to uh, stay That's up good. with with openings and all that. Yeah, No Free Coffee on the on the IG. Okay, it's where all the updates are happening. There's a Twitter, but you don't want to follow that. It gets a little crazy. Is that right? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, That's cool, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you. We'll be watching for what's next. And uh, we'll definitely get some coffee soon. Yes, let's do that. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah, that was Mario Christian. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Make sure you follow No Free Coffee. Go down to one of the pop-ups. Get you some coffee. Get you some merch. They're doing a really cool thing, and I'm sure you're going to want to be part of it. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Facebook, same thing. We have videos of a lot of our episodes on our YouTube channel at Rebel Radio Net and come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.